Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. GND, welcoming you back. We are live in D.C., in Richmond, and on the Odyssey app. If you don't have the app, you should get it. It is a great way to listen to the show. By the way, the fan has a merch shop. It is open post-holidays here. You can still get some good deals. 1067thefanshop.com for our selection of men's and women's shirts, hoodies, Coffee mugs and a lot more. We've got a winning off the field T-shirt that did pretty well. We do over the last few months. My uh, my little guy was wearing the Burgundy and Sold shirt, which uh, he he modeled to school uh, the other day. Got a lot of compliments from some passerbys. They were they were quite amused. And I was like, you know, we can get those. The old fan shop. Commanders with Earl Forsey, Capitals with Anthony Mantha coming up in our Beltway Blitz. Let's get things started on the hardwood. Chase Hughes, Monumental Sports and Entertainment, joins us to get it going. Chase, I guess with the Wizards, I always start big picture because I guess any one game doesn't matter a whole lot. But tonight they do play the Pacers at 7 p.m. Indiana's 21 and 15. Uh, What lessons can be learned by looking at the Pacers as it pertains to the Wizards' build? Well, the Pacers this year have been defined, obviously, by the emergence of Tyrese Halliburton, who will not play tonight. But overall, they play a very fast pace. They're number two in the league in pace this year. And it's helped them build one of the most efficient uh, offenses in NBA history. They've surrounded Tyrese Halliburton, who can push the pace with a lot of shooters. And it's done wonders for their offense. So, the only team that plays faster in terms of possessions per game than the Pacers do is the Wizards. So they're trying to, I guess, go in a very similar direction in terms of the style that they play. They don't have a Tyrese Halliburton at the helm, but maybe there's something they can learn about the array of shooters that the Pacers have put around him to really maximize that style of play. So I love the idea in general, uh, Chase, of saying we don't have X – so we're not just going to go, you know, lose on purpose. We're going to try to maximize what we do have, and the Pacers have an identity. I mean, they're basically doing seven seconds or less Phoenix Suns style, and nobody's really noticing it, uh, kind of to your point. They're playing so fast and, and knocking down shots. But looking at localizing it here to Washington, who's their Halliburton in the future, right? Like, who's the guy that you could build around and say, we've got this guy, and this is how we're going to play, whatever that style is? Well, it's interesting. You know, I asked Wes Unsell Jr. yesterday about them playing fast, 
and what types of benefits it has on the development of young players. Cause I was just thinking, you know, more possessions means more shots, quicker decisions. Does it have anything to do with developing young players? And he said, one of the reasons why they're playing that way is they don't really have anyone who can break down the defense off the dribble in the half court. So there might be a different, there, there might be different reasoning behind why the Wizards play fast compared to the Indiana Pacers. You know, they, they don't have a Tyrese Halliburton, so I don't think there's someone on their roster that is necessarily going to develop into one. They've, they're doing it a little bit differently. But if they are to find a star like that, uh, you know, they would certainly hope that a guy like Bilal Koulibaly can develop into one or that they can find one in the draft in the coming years. Chase, it won't be long before we're talking about the trade deadline. It's little under a month away on February 8th. What kind of trade chips do the Wizards have at this moment? Who's positioning themselves to possibly be an asset for a contender? Well, first on the trade deadline, obviously I think this is a major milestone for this new era that the, the Wizards are trying to chart under Will Dawkins and Michael Winger. And because they've been upfront about it, you know, being a years-long process and trying to develop players through the draft that I think it's just deductive reasoning that they're much more likely to try to trade players for draft picks and favor the future over the present rather than the other way around. So, you know, they've got a bunch of guys who are on expiring deals. Um, They've got veteran players who I think would interest other teams. Um, You know, Kyle Kuzma is a name that I'm always getting asked about, but I find it kind of interesting when it comes to him and just that question, because, um, you know, I just did a segment the other day on the pregame show about how he's, been here three years and he's uh, had three consecutive career years and so if this continues it'll happen simultaneously with his contract um, de-escalating the, the contract extension they signed him in the offseason uh, goes down on an annual basis so um, you know there's that decision with him Tyus Jones is on an expiring deal but you know he's having a career year and they I think they really like the way he's running things so um, some of the players that they'll have to consider in terms of veterans to trade for the future you know, also present value in the short and the long term. Chase, I owe you a coffee at Black Coffee sometime soon, buddy. Thank you for catching up as always. <laughs> Absolutely. Anytime, guys. See you soon, my friend. There he goes. Hit that Washington 53 sounder, please. My God, that's Earl Forsey's music. Earl, are you excited or are you just kind of going, eh, wake me up when the search is over? Past all the, the malaise of what's been going on for this season, the last couple of seasons, Last 30 seasons plus. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, guys, I was hoping we would hold this meeting at Josh Harris's home in Miami, though. So, I'm, I'm a little disappointed by that. We should. It'd be should. nice. You've seen the pictures of his home? Yeah. It looks yeah. pretty nice, I, huh? I, I wish I was a billionaire. Uh, you and me both. I'm glad they're having <laughs> a good. meeting there, though, instead of Ashburn, aren't you? It, yeah, it makes a better first impression than Ashburn. Yes, I was thinking <laughs> the same thing. Just go play a little pickup hoops, maybe, while uh, well, he serves you lunch. You know, and, and, and Danny, you, you asked me. I, yes, I'm excited. I mean, this look, we don't know how this whole, you know, Bob Myers from the NBA to help consult is going to work out, but he's got the right connections, right? Adam <laughs> Peters, he, you know, they're, they're boys, right? They're, they go back. So that if that's the guy you want, Bob Myers would be a great, you know, was a great uh, a choice, and he did a pretty good job in the NBA uh, with the Golden State Warriors, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah, why not? It, it, we're coming off a time, guys, where we just had a season in D.C. where we had an offensive coordinator who was a former running back who didn't want to run the ball, working for a head coach who was a former linebacker in the NFL who couldn't find a linebacker. Anything's got to be better than that, right? Yeah, certainly. Um, 
Do you have a preference, offensive, defensive, as far as candidates go? Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I think wanting an offensive guy, I think that's the way you go now in the NFL. And, and I don't know, we can pick examples of what's going on, what happened with D'Amico Ryans in, in Houston. But look, the model there was high draft pick, pick a quarterback, have the right guy coaching him. Doesn't necessarily need to be a head coach. In that case, it was Slowick, an offensive coordinator who, you know, Maybe one of the guys you're looking at here. I'd love to see them go offense. I don't know if it matters. What a weird year, though. I was just watching Pete Carroll's uh, farewell presser in Seattle. That bombshell drops today. He was saying he still wants to coach. You know, so it's crazy. And and that's the thing with this. And Mike Vrabel gets the axe yesterday because they want to move quickly. These coaching searches, it's going to be interesting, guys, because they, they want the GM foot, football ops guy in place. But there's a game of musical chairs right now in the NFL for head coaches. Seven vacancies now with a lot of big-name guys available. Earl, the in general, if all things are equal, in a vacuum, you know, all the all those caveats available, of course I want an offensive guy. That's what the league is. That's where the league's going, and that makes the most sense. I guess my exceptions are when like a dude like Mike Vrabel who shouldn't be available is yeah. available, or, or someone like Mike McDonald who I think might be the next you know Mike Tomlin kind of superstar head coach that you just – get out of bed every morning and you know for 20 years that's your dude. Where does your line go in terms of breaking the rule that it should be an offensive guy, but where does that line go for you? Yeah, Vrabel's got a track record. Some of these assistants you just don't know. You know, if the former lead singer of the Doobie Brothers, Michael McDonald's going to be a good head coach. We, we don't know that, right? I mean, we, we just we have no idea. That's a chance you take. Uh, Vrabel is an outlier, but, I mean, it's, it's, it's Ron Rivera-ish where he's kind of, you know, he's got a – a decent record, obviously, uh, in, in Tennessee, but coming off two re- really bad seasons uh, for them. And I, I would prefer, and I know Doc's talked a lot about this, a guy with a track record, and he was talking about, well, I don't want guys that have just been fired. Well, that's a, a guy that, who knows, extenuating circumstances. I, I would certainly take a look at. You can't close any door, Danny. And I'm with you. I would prefer the offensive guy probably just because I'd like to have some fun around here for a change, you know, watching this team. But you don't have to. If the right guy is there, and that's the question, where is this, you know, uh, a consultant ship between uh, Myers and Rick Spielman? Where, where are they going to point uh, Josh Harris? Because again, the thing is, right now in the NFL, seven vacancies, maybe another one. Who knows what's going on in New England? You're going to have to move pretty quickly, but you have to you have to hurry up. But you know, take your time because of the way this whole thing's wor- works with hiring coaches. So. They have to wait till they're you know done with the playoffs. A lot of times, I, I just don't know. But Vrabel would be a guy you'd have to look at, uh, Danny, because that's it's a guy with a track record. Even though you know he's he loves to run the football, but maybe he brings Arthur Smith in again. I don't I, you know who knows. Um, leave no stone unturned. That's what I want this group to do. Just look everywhere. Earl's back at it this weekend yeah. ahead of playoff yeah. football on the fan. Thank you, buddy. Yep, and maybe we'll know something by Sunday. We, you know, things could move quickly. I'm waiting for the white smoke from the Harris home uh, down in Miami. Maybe they hire a football ops guy. You and us both. Yeah, the GM hire is going to happen, I think, pretty quickly. And then early next week, they'll start interviewing the coaching candidates. Thanks, Earl. Uh, yep. Let's keep it moving on the Blitz. And we'll talk puck in just a moment. One update for you, though, Danny. The Titans have requested to interview Raiders interim coach Antonio Pierce for their vacant head coaching job, according to Ian Rappaport. This is interesting. Very much so. The Raiders have an opening, obviously. Pierce is the front runner after finishing the season. But 
for the moment, the Titans have requested to interview Antonio Pierce. He, I've always said he's kind of like Mike Rabelish. It's like the recent former player, mm-hmm. leader of men type. So maybe they really like the idea of Mike Rabel without someone who's trying to demand personnel control. But can you imagine if they get rid of Rabel and they just go get Rabel? I'd like White? a recently played linebacker, please, yeah. that motivates people well. Ta-da. Now let's talk hockey. And to talk about the Capitals, we are joined by a guy who ranks fifth on the team in points and second on the team in goals, having a big season offensively, Anthony Manta. Anthony, thanks for hopping on, G&D. How you been? I've been good. How about you guys? Doing well, my friend. I uh, always appreciate it. Talk about your game right now. What are you happiest with, and, and what do you want to tweak a little bit? Um, I mean, I think this year has been really good. Uh, obviously, I found great chemistry with McMichael and protest there, so just trying to keep that rolling. Um, what I want to switch, obviously, the last couple games maybe didn't go our way as much, and it's uh, just a matter of time before we, we get rolling again. There's a perception that you mesh really well with Spencer Carberry. Maybe, you know, the rapport with him has helped you more than the previous regime. Is that fair or not? And what do you make of Carbs? Yeah, I mean, he, he came in and he tried to give confidence to all the guys, you know, including me. And uh, he, he told me that he's watched me play so many times over the last couple of years. And he knows exactly what I'm able to bring when I, I do bring it. So, uh, for him, it, the message was clear. It was to give him a more uh, offensively, more defensively, and that I was going to get the ice time. And, I mean, he's doing just that right now. What's the difference for you, Anthony, when when you feel like you guys are going good versus, you know, and this is inevitable, this is the NHL, everybody else gets paid to play too, but when you guys are going good versus when you're struggling a little bit, what are some of the tangible things that, that we might notice? As a team, I think it's just, if we play with the puck or not, you know, if, if we're able to control play and uh, control the puck, maybe 60% of the game, I think good things are going to happen. Uh, guys like Kuzi loves to handle the puck. And if he doesn't really have it, I mean, it, it becomes a harder night, obviously for us. And same thing goes with any guy on this team. If, if we have that puck and we're making the right plays, we're getting the touches. I think it, that's when we're at our best. Anthony Mantha already with 11 goals on the season, tying last year's total in half the games. He's got two-thirds of the points he had last year in what has been really an awesome year, a plus three for the Capitals. You referenced your line, you know, arguably the best line for the team consistently, kind of circuit to circuit here this season. Uh, what has led to the relationship? And I mean, you've been on multiple teams and so many lines over the years. How does that normally work that you start clicking and really feeling good as a trio? I mean, it, it varies. Obviously, with Protas and McMichael, uh, it's basically the first full year, full season. You know, they, they played their fair share of games in the last year and two years ago. But starting the season on, on the squad, I think, gave them a, an edge for the confidence. And uh, for, for me, they kind of got me going, too. You know, like, we're, we just kind of clicked right away when we started playing together. And we never kind of looked back. We, we just told ourselves, like, stay connected, talk to each other a lot. Uh, we know where we're at on the ice uh, when the time comes. And it, it's just been really solid so far. So I love it when your line is on the ice for a couple different reasons. One, as, as Grant was talking about, you guys have been really good this year. The other, though, is McMichael looks like 
like a little kid next to you and Protoss. Like, you guys are both enormous, <laughs> and it looks like the ball boy got lost and is on the ice. Obviously, he's so skilled and so good. But I love that juxtaposition, man. It's one of the, one of my favorite things about sports is there's a million ways to do it. You could be a, a freight train like an Anthony Manta or a dude that, you know, wouldn't get picked out of a line uh, like McMichael, and you guys can still get it done. I always think that stuff like that's cool. Yeah, it is. I mean, that that's how good chemistry comes together. You know, different players, different type of players, uh, different mentalities, and that's exactly what's going on here. What has Carbs done? You talked about instilling confidence in you and other players kind of before the season started, but when you got thrown into the fire here of games and when you guys start to struggle, like it's the first time to see how he responds. What have you thought about this? He's the youngest, obviously a first-time head coach in the National Hockey League. Yeah, but I mean, he he has experience at other levels, so I don't I don't think it necessarily changes the way he's going to coach. Um, and then two minutes left when you're three two in the lead, it's three two minutes left. You know, it's not any different in any league. And I think he's been handling that really well. And um, obviously, he's still learning. Probably he has great mentors around him right now, and uh, I think it's just great for him right now. Yeah, seems like so far a home run of a hire. Anthony Mantha of the Capitals here on our Beltway Blitz. Offensively, it has been a struggle. Your numbers aren't indicative of that. Uh, One of three guys on the team with 11 goals, but just lighting the lamp has been an issue this season for this club. I mean, The expected goals, though, would say you guys should score a lot more than you have, that more are coming. Uh, A, does it feel that way? And, And I guess B, why do you think you guys have struggled to score? Um, it's hard to find the why right now. Obviously, we, we reflected multiple times as a team. And obviously, yes, expected goals are supposed to be higher, but it, it still doesn't change the fact that you're not scoring enough. And um, we, We've been focusing on that lately. Uh, I would say the last two or three weeks, just more drills and practice to kind of create more offensively five-on-five. And um, I think it's kind of starting to click. Obviously, all the lines are, are a big part of that, and we we just need to shoot more at the end of the day, and that's how you're you're maybe going to produce more and get those rebounds, those second, third chances. Anthony, I'm a big basketball fan. I don't know if if you like the game at all, but over the years, everybody points to the guys that score the most points, right? And that's like who the stars are. I think there's been an appreciation for guys that do a little bit more of everything else, right? Whether it's defend, rebound, and you know, kind of do a lot of the little things. There's been kind of a renaissance there. And the where I'm going with this is, I feel like. Tom Wilson's finally getting his due in that regard. Yeah, he's you know put some he's lit the lamp, he's put some points on the board, but it's that well-rounded game, and he's an all-star this year. I feel like well-deserving. We'd love for you to talk about his game and uh, and, and how deserving you think he is. I mean, he's been awesome. Uh, obviously, he's a great leader for our team, great person around to be around, and uh, for him to go to the all-star game is just amazing. Like you said. Uh, couple of years ago, maybe guys were around the league were kind of seeing him the wrong way. And I think he's proved that he could be not only a, a good fighter and a disturber, but he, he's a great hockey player. He has a great hockey sense. And I mean, he, he wins his battles. He wins the puck back uh, to get the puck back to Kuzi or Ovi. I mean, you, you need to be working really hard and he, he's mastered that part of his game. And, um, Second time All Star to prove it. 
Caps coming off a dramatic third period comeback win last time out. They've got the Seattle Kraken at home at Capital One Arena tomorrow at 7 o'clock. Anthony, we appreciate the time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Caps winger Anthony Manta on our Beltway Blitz. Next on Grant and Danny, this has been a pretty tremendous week with a smart brain trust trying to land one of the most sought-after executives, some of the most revered coaching candidates in the league. Are you allowing yourself to throw your inhibitions to the wind and get really excited about what lies ahead for Washington, or are you going to be in prove-it-to-me mode with this new ownership group and eventually this new regime? That's next on The Fan. G&D on the fan. Welcome back, and thank you for making the show part of your day. Thanks to Anthony Mantha of the Capitals for joining us as part of our Beltway Blitz. Another bombshell in the NFL today. Second in as many days. Yesterday, the Titans blew out Mike Vrabel. Today, the Seahawks saying goodbye to Pete Carroll, and it became very clear as he did a press conference within the last half hour. This was not Pete Carroll's decision. He was emotional broke down in tears at the podium, uh, said that he would like to continue to coach at one point, doesn't really know what this new role that we're, he said we, but we're carving out is yet. We're going to figure that out, he said. Mm -hmm. They want him to be an advisor of sorts. But uh, what he told the media was he was planning on coaching, had a meeting with ownership, and then mutually they decided this was probably the best way to go. So you can use whatever term you want to. Some are saying fired, but they told the 72-year-old head coach, Thank you for your time. We're going to do something else. Yeah, you would like to coach. That's not going to happen. What else do you want to do, right? Like, that's no longer an option. I I just think they're on different pages. I mean, again, nothing's been reported. This is my guess, though. But it it makes sense. The pieces fit where you've got a guy that's won double-digit games on average for more than 10 years. Last three years, they're basically 500. That's not what they're used to. And if you're an organization looking at that, you're going – we're wasting time. We're treading water here. We need a reboot, a restart to to you know shed a bunch of salary and get a bunch of young players in here and build for the future. That's not something a 72-year-old really would want to do. That doesn't make a lot of sense for someone that's had the kind of success. So sometimes things don't line up that way as a head coach. I, I, I can relate to that. I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to go through a rebuild in, in my 70s. I got a limited window that I can still do this at a really high level. I don't want, frankly, want to waste it being the distant third or fourth place in my division with with three other teams that are in better spots than me. Speaking of telling quotes from press conferences, Ryan Poles, the GM of the Bears, spoke today, and he was asked about the future of Justin Fields, and the quote is longer than this, but this is kind of the important part. Are they going to keep Justin Fields as their quarterback? He said, quote, I think Justin got better. I think he can lead this team, but we are in a very unique situation. Said they're going to overturn every stone. They obviously have the number one overall pick. So this was a chance today. There was no reason to do this, but he could have come out and said, Fields is the future, that they would like to move the number one pick. He could have come out and said, you can't pass up on uh, you know, a mm-hmm. draft prospect at number one overall, but he kept all avenues open kind of as anticipated. I, this can't make you feel great if you're Fields, though where basically the question is, are you willing to endorse him? And he says, we like the progress he's made, but we do have the number one pick, and you don't get the number one pick very often. So 
your fields mm-hmm. doesn't give you a whole lot of clarity. No, and that's life in the NFL, though, right? I mean, that's that's yeah, them's this the breaks. Is a business where yeah. you want to keep teams guessing. I mean, the more you're able you to want intrigue. push the calendar to the draft without anybody knowing what you're doing, I'd say the more valuable that pick probably is. Without a doubt. So let's say I'm Ryan Poles. I want to know. I'm, I'll be fielding calls on anything and everything. I'm going to be able to present to my leadership group, to my owners, to my other people on my staff. Here is what we could get for the number one pick. Whatever that is, here's the best and final offer we've gotten for the sake of argument. Uh, we swap ones this year. We get another one next year, uh, a one and a two, two years from now. That's that. Option two for Justin Fields. I have a high second rounder, and we get to keep our number one overall pick. What do you guys think? What do we do? Right? And then you could present the options. Right now, they should be in a what can we get for blank phase. There's no reason to declare right now, hi, everybody, it's all over. We're taking Caleb Williams or or, or not or, or we're going with Justin Fields. There's no incentive to do that. Keep everybody guessing. Keep taking your offers. You can have the, all the information. He's Danny. I'm Grant. This is the fan. I went over to the market during the break here in our kitchen, mm-hmm. and I was hoping to see an Uncrustable. Ryan had gotten in my head a little bit. So Ryan found this like old tub of peanut butter that has been in that studio, I think, for like eight months, not touched. Since we moved here, I think. Yeah. So he's just taking plastic knives and like dipping them in and eating a bunch of peanut butter. Again, that's been sitting here since 2022. And he's just fine with that. So I was not going to do that. Mm-hmm. But it, the smell of the peanut butter appealed to me and really kind sure. of tickled my fancy. So I went over to get an Uncrustable. And uh, regrettably, they're not stocked. I, I think, I got to be honest, we might be out of the Uncrustable game over there. It's been a couple weeks now without an Uncrustable. They've audibled to like some kind of weird like taco thing or some type of strange. Like, I never know what's going to be in there. Yeah, they mix it up a little bit. So it's been a little while. Who, do you, who decides, do you think? It's not us. No, it's, it's certainly not. It's like the who who runs the... You know, whoever the distributor is, I think decides. I don't yeah. think like we. I don't think we're making an order like we meaning the building, uh-huh. and then they're filling our order. I think they probably just. What do they have on the truck? Yeah, I think the distributor can see what sells and what makes the money. Well, if that's the case, then they're always be uncrustables because those things never. Yeah, that, that's very true. Don't because I don't. With all due respect, I, I don't think the ones that are like here's a cucumber. Like several slices of cucumber and and a hummus. Those yeah. things get left unsold. They have bags of pickles. There's n- I've never gone over there once where there weren't eleven bags of pickles available. And I like pickles. I, that's not. I'm I'm not there yet mentally. I can't just go bag of pickles. Oh, well, you know it's always there too. The, the only th- the, the one thing that'll always be there. It's like death taxes and string cheese. I you, you yeah. I don't know what it is. Like and I'm a string cheese guy. I'm not running down string cheese. If you're asking me to say something bad about string cheese. You came to the I had string cheese show. earlier. I did. Nothing wrong with it. But they they overstock the string cheese. They give you 300 of those every week. We've never run out of the string cheese. But my God, do they, the Uncrustables are tough to come by. So anyway, enjoy your peanut butter, Ryan. You got me in a looking for peanut butter kind of mood. Yeah. I might have to, uh, I might have to make a run down the uh, street to, uh, what, is, what is Wegmans down here? What, what do we have? We got like a, what's the store? Is there a grocery like? store? Four blocks away. Uh, we got Whole Foods and Harris Teeter. Whole Foods. Yeah, we got both. One of them's got to have a little PB and J. You ever been in one of those places that fries everything? Where you like you bring it in and they're like, "Yep, we'll fry it for you," and they bring it out and they, they have their own menu too. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, does that exist? Yeah. So I know the the most famous one I heard of, and it was in Brooklyn, where they go, "You like I brought a pack of Oreos, you fry them. I brought some M and M's, we'll wait, fry wait, those." Wait, wait. Dude, this is amazing. Yeah, it's a great so idea. Is it a 
See if a I can small find it. storefront where you bring whatever you want fried and hand it to them, and they just charge you to fry it. Yeah, so they've or got. Do they, do they have all the stuff there? I think it's called the Chip Shop, and it's in it's in Brooklyn. And I know other places have done this before. I don't know how many are I've still never doing it. heard of it. But you bring a candy bar, they'll fry it. You bring whatever you want, like but, you bring eggs in. You can't go in and say, I want a candy bar. You have to bring it to them. I think they've got stuff on their menu too. Okay. But you can also bring them stuff and they'll just charge you to fry it and then bring it right back. So whatever dessert you have in mind, like I, I made a s'more. That is an amazing we'll business model. I'm going to open one of those in Clarendon. I just need money to do it. Yeah. Oh, I lost my train of thought. Where was I going with that? Uh, you were Damn talking. It. You know what you were talking about? Frying stuff. Yeah. And you ever. Oh, yes. <clears throat> okay. Have you ever had a fried peanut butter and jelly sandwich? No, of course not. How could I have done that? I want you to imagine it. You got a nicely done PB&J. Good yeah. amount of jelly, right? Good ratio. The kind you like. Okay, whatever it is. You got a good hearty piece of bread. It can't be a flimsy piece of bread. If it's th- if it's your thin, regular Wonder Bread that's been smushed into a, into a cupboard somewhere, it's not going to have the integrity. A hearty, good, solid piece of bread. Peanut butter and jelly is on there. It's tightly made. Into the fryer. And then it comes back out. Mm-hmm. And it's a peanut butter and jelly, but it's been fried. Crunchy exterior? Yeah. Damn. Your heart will sing. Yeah. It might also hurt, but it's going to sing first. Where it's did, so joyous. Uh, Where did you get that? At that at that spot. I was like, I think this would be delicious. We were, we all, like everyone. But I you went didn't to this bring big, it. No, I did. We went oh, to this big. Oh, come on. You mean? brought a PB&J sandwich? Yeah. Guy. You made a PB&J in your kitchen. That's right. And you walked it there. Yeah. Like on a leash. No, I didn't walk it on a leash. But we did a whole bit. We're like some from some friends. We all got together. We're like, let's try this place out. This is what they offer. They do this, right? Everyone brought desserts. People brought mains. And the peanut butter and jelly that was fried was an absolute angel choir. We had a tailgate one time at FedEx Field where we kind of theme our tailgates normally Mm -hmm. before games. Sure. This has been a few years now. But we had a, like, everything into the fryer day. Doesn't matter. Like, whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So everyone brought whatever they wanted. And we threw it into the fryer. So, like, I did Oreos, other people, you know, all sure. whatever it is. That was it's spectacular, killer. isn't it? I mean, it, it's just so good. Stuff you don't think you can fry. We were, like, trying to fry hot dogs, all kinds of stuff. Those are fantastic. A fried hot dog is great. Steve's in Silver Spring. What's up, Steve? Just uh, Uncrustables, my friend. Uh, I'm a television director, and we have these ornate craft service tables. And you can have the most high-end stuff on crustables get crushed every time first you could have salmon you could have yogurt you could have right. uh it doesn't matter people go right for the uncrustables every time it's the perfect little snack honestly i mean it's somewhat yeah. filling right the taste is great yeah. there's a nostalgia with but yeah. it's also excellent uh and it's just i never had it until i don't know six months ago i don't I'm a year ago when ryan put me onto it uh, he yeah. wasn't eating anything, but, but for some reason he made me start eating uncrustables. Well, that's when, when we're on diets, we just look at other people yeah. like, what are you going to do with that? You're going to eat it? So good, though, Steve. You're right. They're just perfect. But here's the question, though. Are you strawberry or a grape? Where do you stand? It's a great question. There is one correct answer, by the way. Now, uh, maybe I shouldn't say that. I'll eat both, and I love both. You wouldn't turn down the other one. I wouldn't. But I am a grape guy. Oh, of course you are. I am a grape jelly. Unbelievable. Guy. I love a strawberry jelly too. I'm not sitting here running down strawberry. But if I have the choice between a grape or a strawberry uncrustable, probably going grape. Yeah, yeah! 
And I want you to know that I go heavy peanut butter and heavy jelly. Now, it doesn't have to be like if I'm a little more of one or the other, I'll probably go heavier peanut butter. Okay. You need, you need more for integrity. Yeah. Exactly. But the worst is when you have a PB&J and you see all bread and you don't really see anything in the middle. Mm-hmm. When you look at my PB&J, you're going to see the middle. So my You're going to see the peanut butter, you're going to see the jelly, and it's going to be, you know, probably like 40% of the overall bread. My That's wife, absolutely ludicrous. Thank you, coach. My wife in general gets anxious when I'm in the kitchen cuz I'm either hungry like hovering around her or I'm making like a big mess and like banging pots and pans together and flowers everywhere and I'm like the Swedish chef going so when she she's like, I'll make it for you. Just like leave me alone. But when she makes you peanut butter and jelly, it looks like there's nothing on there from a side profile. Yeah, you can't do because that. she likes things neat and orderly. A lot of people do this. It, it just looks like two pieces of bread stacked on each other. Yeah. No, Mm-mm. go away from me with that. You got to see the peanut butter. I need when that bite happens. We've got side exit. Yes. of of some material. Yeah, something's got to be right? squirting out. Yeah, but you also like. It, it, there should be enough peanut butter that it's sticking to the roof of your mouth, like the bread and the, it's uncomfortable. the bite. Yep. Uh, Nelson just cursed us. He said, I literally just pulled off the highway now to grab Uncrustable. <laughs> hey, good for you. Bring one by. I need one at the station. Grant and Danny on the fan. Are you guys willing to get all the way back in after a big offseason if the ownership group hits some home runs? Or are you going to be in a wait-and-see mode? We'll talk about that next on G&D. G&D on the fan. The Tennessee Titans do not have a head coach. They fired Mike Vrabel yesterday. They have put in a request to interview Lions OC Ben Johnson for their head coaching job, according to Tom Pelissero. So, on the Ben Johnson search. Ben Johnson alert. Ben Johnson alert. Ben Johnson alert. That is four interviews for Ben. He's got the Washington Commanders, the Carolina Panthers, the L.A. football chargers, and the Tennessee Titans all trying to sit down with him and talk to him about their openings. <laughs> He's writing his own ticket. It's a good time to be Ben Johnson, I man. tell you, what a, what a smart gamble to not just take the first gig last year. In general, I, I don't advocate that, honestly. I go, you just never know when they're coming up. You never know what's going to happen. Jared Goff could have... Falling flat on his face this year because he's a, a, a string bean that, that can't deal with pressure. You have no idea. And he doubled down on himself, doubled down on their culture, doubled down on the Lions, and he's now got his pick of whatever job he wants, it seems like. Of those four, we said earlier the Chargers might be the best opening. Commanders pummels the Panthers. I'd be surprised if he even takes the interview with Carolina. He didn't last year, right? No. I mean, you, you could, I guess. You might as well. Because if nothing else, it just... Your name being out there is not a bad thing. You probably get better at the interviewing process. But honestly, it's not even going to come to that necessarily. Schedule that one fourth. You'll get one of the other three. You know what I mean? You're the number one guy in this cycle. So if you interview Commanders, Chargers, Titans, and you tell the Panthers, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it at the end of the week or schedule it for number four. By then, you'll have a pretty good idea if you need to get on that plane or not. Because you might not have been offered the job, but you and your agent are going to know whether or not there's a legitimate chance. There's a connection there, yeah. I mean, and you're going to be in that position where if he gets on this plane, they're going to offer him in the next city. 
right? Like, in, in other words, if he's interviewing somewhere else, they're not letting him leave. They're go, they'll go old school, you know, Dan Snyder, Bruce Allen, and keep bidding against themselves and not let guys go take the next gig. That's something, too, you got to think about. All right, here's my question that I have been wanting to pose. And you guys can tweet me your thoughts at Grant H. Paulson or hit me up on Instagram, Grant H. Paulson. Tell me what you think about this uh, if you want to. It is my guess that I think in ways that wasn't the case recently, fans are going to come back in droves, get all in, get super excited, allow themselves to dream, you know, be audacious enough to hope a little bit here. After this offseason, I think a lot of us, I remember doing this years ago, like you only got the rug pulled out for you so many times by Dan Snyder and company before you said not anymore. I'm not getting burned touching up the same pot for the eighth time, right? He goes and gets a head coach. It doesn't work out. He goes and gets a quarterback. It doesn't work out. And after a while, you just stopped being fooled. And you said, you got to show it to me for me to believe it. I need to see it. Right. I wonder if people are going to take that same philosophy this offseason or if they're just going to be giddy. And what I mean by that is it's a different ownership group. They're doing things we've never seen before. They're going to this will be the first time ever in my life. I'm I'm mid 30s where they're going to hire a GM, hire a head coach, probably pick a quarterback at number two. They're going to get arguably the best GM candidate, arguably the best coaching candidate. Like they could go Adam Peters, in my hypothetical, they go Adam Peters, Ben Johnson, Drake May at number two. Any one of those things would have been arguably the biggest move in the last 25 years for the Commanders. To get the number one beloved young up-and-coming coach, to get the number one GM candidate who's been turning down offers for a couple of years, to draft a quarterback at number two you didn't have to trade up, you got great draft capital to try to surround him with young talent. Like any one of those things in a vacuum, Danny, is unbelievable, chill-inducing, button-seats kind of move. Mm -hmm. Like, what an offseason, what a win. And now you're doing all three at once. And my point is, like, forget me as a media guy or me on the air or whatever, press box pulse and the bits you like to do. The fan in me who sat down and watched kids with uh, games with my kids and and do, you know, 30 years ago what I was doing with my mom, right, Mm -hmm. when I'm sitting on her lap watching games. I'll never have been this excited in my life before for the possibility that they're getting this right. And so I'm throwing all inhibitions to the wind. I would be all in and jacked up and giddy and elated and just euphoric that they got Peters, they got Johnson, they got May or some variation there. Like, this is the whole dream. This is what I've wanted all my life. Do you think most people are thinking of it that way? Or do you think there's still a healthy skepticism and some cynicism, which is fine and fair, of people that are going to be in the mode of, Adam Peters has never been a GM. Ben Johnson could just be a prospect who falls on his face. I don't know if Drake May can play or not. Trubisky and Howell from the same school stunk, so he might too. Like, could they just say, show it to me? Or are they going to just put their trunks on and, and jump into pool biggest fan ever again? Yeah, which is, which is the larger pool of people? I don't know the answer to that. I, I think there's more healthy skeptics than maybe we probably realize. Just because, you know, who we're talking to right now are plugged in, we want to discuss every nuance move uh, type fans who are saying, yes, I, this, we know that this is different. For everybody else, they're going, you know, how many hot shots are bus? 
how many next big things, you know, every, I'm sure people in LA were like, yeah, Brandon Staley is it. He's analytical. He's a genius. I'm sure everybody thought that about fill in the blank GM that, that is, is now gone. Everybody thought Arthur Smith was can't miss. Everyone thought this, the swing and miss rate is high. It's really, really, really hard to win in this league. So hard. Even if you have good intentions. But imagine what this off season, best GM, best head coach, picking a quarterback number two, like what that would have been done in terms of invigorating the fan base and, and, uh, providing juice and excitement in the early 2000s. And maybe this is just speaking to how much smaller the fan base is or mm-hmm. the lack of passion or the apathy that set in and how different everything is now. But like in 2000, when they spent $100 million, it, it was bedlam. Yeah, You know, when Gibbs came back, which at the time was a bigger deal, no doubt about it. But like, you could say this is hindsight or whatever, but it, it, it's just factually because Dan's not here. I think true to say this would be a way bigger deal to get the hot shot GM, hot shot coach, number two quarterback. And, and like people were lining the streets. Maybe that's not the right comp because he was Santa Claus and basically a deity in this town. But whether it was trading up for Griffin and everyone chanting his name at every practice, maybe that, that ceiling just isn't possible anymore. Because of all those things not working. That that's and that's kind of and the, the point name here. change and yeah. the losing. But all yeah. of it. So like you know, if you're more casual, you're tuning in on on Sundays to watch the game and sort of that's that. Uh Billionaire making big promises in the offseason, new hero comes in. Okay. I've, I've, I've done that 15 times. Now, I know that's different. You know it's different. Uh, people that listen to Josh Harris talk know it's different because they actually hear him talk instead of Dan Snyder saying Happy Thanksgiving, then retreating back into his ivory tower. But yeah, I mean, I understand people that are, are, are asking to be shown before they jump both feet into the puddle. Right, I get that. I, I really do. And and we talked about this a lot with the new ownership group. Kind of after they took over, how long does this honeymoon last? Right, of where you need to start seeing some results. We're still very much in, it as far as I'm concerned. This is now their first chance in an off season. It'd be unfair to sort of uh, slam the gavel on any kind of good, bad, or indifferent actions that they've done. But you wonder how long the charm of it's not Dan is going to go. It's still. I'm very much in it. I don't know the answer to that though. Would love some feedback on that from you guys. personally how you feel and then maybe kind of predictive of the fan base. Do you think it would be an all-in celebratory feel if they have the mega next couple weeks that it looks like they might? Or is it going to be a little more uh, skeptical and folks wanting to see it uh, proven to them because of the past? 800-636-1067. 800-636-1067. Plus, next, let's catch up with Drefs Rebic. Covers the Ravens in Baltimore. Uh, they've got a bevy of candidates who are interviewing for coaching and GM jobs, including a few with the commanders this week. Uh, we'll talk to him about that next right here on The Fan. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 
Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.